our passage, as we've said, is the, the, the events around Simeon and Anna. I invite you to, to turn to page 833 in your pew Bible, or you can uh, follow along on the, uh, the screen. We'll start with verse 22 and then um, go to verse 28, then pick up at 33 through 38. And uh, again, the, the reason for that is we're looking not so much at Simeon's song as we are, how are they prepared to sing the song of God that was on their heart? Luke chapter 2, starting with verse 22. Hear the word of the Lord. When the time came... For their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout looking forward to the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he'd seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what was customary under the law, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and the rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age, having lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, then as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At the moment she came, and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Now, if you still have your Bibles open, the the key word here, the common word between Simeon and Anna is actually two words in English. It's looking forward or looking for. It's the common point in Anna and Simeon's life. This is what they were living for. This is what they were expecting. You know, it is so crucial what we expect. When John Schindeldecker and Laura Schindeldecker were here and they talked about biblical peacemaking, their definition of conflict is when our expectations don't match one another. It's so crucial what you expect when you gather, when we gather here. Do we expect to hear from the Lord, to be guided by Him? And if so, then we're ready to receive. 
It's obvious with Zechariah. Remember a couple weeks ago when he came into the temple to carry out his duties, he was not expecting God to meet him there. He was just expecting to go through the motions. And what we're told with Simeon and Anna is that they were expecting God to rescue His people, to renew His relationship with them. He was expecting for them to to bring consolation, rescue to His people, to redeem them, to purchase them from their current struggles and distress. That's what they were living for. They were expecting God to do something to save them from the destruction and the death and the illness and the enemies that surrounded them. The the, the training that they had had growing up, the formation of their souls had led them to have singular vision for God's rescue. And so they were always ready to see it. They had maintained that longing in a world that will work to beat it down over and over again. They had regular habits of checking and rechecking the very directions, the expectation of their lives, the, the, the hope, the dream, the singular dream that they had looking for God bringing salvation to His people. They regularly came back to that, we're told. They had developed holy habits. They were formed by the Scriptures. They were formed by the Holy Spirit. They were formed by the community of faith and by the holy habits. We're told that Simeon was righteous and devout. Now, the word devout means he kept the religious habits of prayer, of reading and studying the Torah, of being a practicing Sabbath. And that those habits formed in him and it continued to fuel that constant looking throughout his life to when God would bring salvation. And we're told the same of Anna. Probably married in her late teens by her mid-twenties a widow. And so some maybe 60 years that she waited That she lived in the temple, around the temple, maybe even a beggar. Worshipping God day and night, fasting and praying, maintaining holy habits throughout her life. So that when God acted, when the creator of the universe showed up as a little bitty baby, they knew it the minute they saw it. They were that in tune with the Spirit. You know, that doesn't just happen. It doesn't just happen that that we are in tune with the Spirit in such a way that when God is at work, we're able to recognize the work of the Master's hands. It doesn't just happen that our ears are so trained that when the voice of our Master speaks... For we have all kinds of opponents opposing us 
To be like Simeon and Anna. To maintain, to persevere, to continue to to grow deeper and deeper. Be formed in our very soul by the Holy Spirit, by the Scriptures, and by the community of people who are devoted to them. It just doesn't happen. It takes effort and surrender to be formed like them. I mean, our age is characterized by all kinds of forces and influences. And as I prayed through this and considered this passage, three, three came to mind through, from different reasons, some of which we've, we've talked about. You know, one is the, 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 the forces around us that can, that can become what we long for. You know, Simeon and Anna were longing for God. They were longing for God's salvation. That was the very purpose of their life. It was the reason they got up in the morning. It was the reason that they did whatever they did. I I, I think one of economics. I I think of of how we can be formed, uh, uh, impacted, affected directly by how the Dow Jones is doing. Not whether or not God causes the sun to rise again. We can be impacted and affected by how good was it on Black Friday or not. You know, it wasn't this year, but it was just last year that people died. They were trampled to death at a Walmart because DVD players were on sale for 29 bucks. That can be a forming influence. Now, economics is not bad in and of itself. Matter of fact, we all ought to have a lot of it. But it can become the guiding force in our life. It can be what we're looking for. It can be the reason we get up. It can be the reason that we are surprised by joy or by dread. Celebrity. Celebrity can be fame, can be what, what really is our drawing force, what really what we're looking for in, in our lives. A recent survey that I uh, heard about was of teenagers, and they, were try- they asked teenagers, which would you rather be? What are you living for? As you look to what you could be in your lives, would you want to be the president of an Ivy League school? Would you want to be the, the, the CEO of a Fortune 500 company? Would you want to be the, a United States senator? Or would, do you want to be the, 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 the aide to a Hollywood movie star? Over 50% of those that answered said they wanted to be an aide to a Hollywood movie star. That was truly what they were longing for. Now that's not surprising. Because the, the, the celebrity influence is so great. It's all around us and it forms us and it, it pushes us. And it's easy that that becomes the very thing that we long for. So I talked about two things really that don't have, they're easy for me to talk about because they're just not necessarily what engages me. So the third one, I'll hit closer to home for me. And it's similar to celebrity, but it's sports. 
You know, we can see it around here. You know, a football coach goes to another school and it's the, not the top story. It's not just the top two stories. It's the top three stories on the Friday night news. One, Brian Kelly is leaving. Two, Brian Kelly has arrived somewhere else. And then the third story is what everybody's saying about Brian Kelly leaving. Now, I wish he'd stayed like the, the rest of us. But it shows how that can form us. Do you know, last weekend, a Marine in North Carolina was killed in an argument over the Nebraska-Texas football game. Got into a fight, had a loaded gun. The gun went off in the midst of their fight over the Nebraska-Texas football game. Read this week, the University of Alabama, my home state, so I can diss on it all I want, pays their football coach $32 million for eight years. $4 million a year for a football coach. But the football team for the University of Alabama made over $37 million last year. And this year they're playing for a national championship, but probably be double. In a state that's had over 10% unemployment for over a year, there are 10,000 people waiting in line for season tickets to football games. See, I can talk about this because those are the forces that really formed me. I had read Bear Bryant's autobiography long before I'd read the Bible. For those of you who don't know, Bear Bryant was a longtime football coach at the University of Alabama and the one was the coach when I was growing up. I'd memorized the Alabama offensive team, their names and jerseys long before I even knew there were 12 disciples, let alone knew their names. I'd spend a whole day, uh, even longer, sometimes days, preparing for going to and um, responding to a football game. But when it came time to spend an hour on a Sunday morning in a worship service, you'd have thought I was getting bamboo shoots in under my fingernails. Now, again, sort of funny, it's what happened. It's just the, the water I was swimming in when I was growing up, but it's the water that formed me. It, it's what directed me, it's the memories that, that I have that becomes what you long for, what you look for, what truly does bring us joy or despair. These are the ways of the world. Again, not necessarily evil of themselves. Matter of fact, none of them are evil in of themselves, but they are evil when they supplant the thing, the one who should be forming us, who wants to form us, who wants to be the object of our longing and our hope. When any of those things supplant God as the very longing of our soul, then we're not able to sing. Advent and Christmas season are great illustrations again of this preparation, of, the, of this work that we do, this effort that we do in order to maintain, to, to develop, continue to deepen our longing for God's salvation in our lives and in the, the world that is around us. 
I mean, the Advent preparations and decorations, the lights and the trees, the music, the gifts and the giving and the receiving are all there to be reminders of this great gift in Jesus. I mean, Simeon and Anna spent their whole lives preparing for Christmas Day. They prepared, they were ready, they were trained to see and pursue the salvation of the world according to God's plan. And when it came, they knew it. Their habits had been formed according to God's written word. They'd been trained like a good art dealer to see the master's work. They'd been trained to hear the master's voice. They'd been trained to desire the master's plan. And so when it unfolded, it was just a natural inclination. They'd been so transformed to sing. Now, what are we longing for? Really, what are we living for? What are you longing for? Are you looking for the work of God in your life and the life around you? Or are you longing for God's continual work of Christmas in the power of His Spirit? Seriously, ask yourself that question. It's the question of Advent. It's the very question we're supposed to be asking. It's the thing we're supposed to be reflecting upon on, during the season of Advent so that, so that we can get in line with Simeon and Anna because we don't want to miss it. If, if you just don't get what I'm saying, if you're like, you know, I, I just sort of lost him after he lost his notes. Maybe God was trying to tell him something. I'd I just ask you to ask Jesus then. Ask Jesus to reveal to you. Ask the Spirit to reveal to you, what am I longing for? Or, ask a spiritual friend. Like, like gifts is shared. Uh, has a, a friend where you can share your deep longings. Ask a friend, what do you think, what does my life demonstrate to you I'm longing for, I'm living for? Now, now, some here know that you're not living for God. And you don't want to. You, know, you, you want to keep charge of your own life. You, you, you got your own plans and you really want to live your... And your plans might even be good plans. You don't want to hurt anybody. But what God wants to lead you into to His plans, which are the only plans that can lead you to sing the song that He's placed in your heart. Please, I mean, change your mind and ask God to change your heart. Because you can't do it. Only God can. If you really don't want to be longing for God, you're not longing for God, only God's the one that can change your heart. Ask Him to. Ask and you shall receive. There may be some here that, that you know you're not really longing for God, but you want to. You know, the, as Paul says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
Yeah, be like Mary. Yeah, you, you need, like Gift was sharing, we need friends. We need people that can help one another so that we keep the holy habits, like Zechariah of being silent, Anna and Simeon of, of prayer and worship, and so that we're trained by the words of God and not the words of the world. Some in here are young and you want to follow God and you're ready to give it and maybe even have an energy about it now. Or maybe you're realizing just how hard it is. Keep those holy habits. Keep those friendships. Keep them going. It might take a while. It was 80 years of preparation before Moses really led Israel. Probably 60 years that Anna spent preparing and waiting and longing until the salvation of the world arrived in a baby. So persevere, continue those, those holy habits and those relationships, those spiritual friendships, continue in those ways, preparing, training your eyes, your ears, and your soul. And some of you here can relate to Simeon and Anna all too well. You've been doing this for a long time. Keep on. Keep on. Persevere. Take your rightful place and, and share your story with others. Share the ups, share the downs. Thanks again, Giff, for sharing yours. Take your place of leadership and service in this community. Come alongside the younger Simeons and the younger, long, younger Annas around us. Helping us to keep our eyes on the prize of longing for the salvation, the redemption, the rescue of God, the work of God in our midst. This Advent, let us celebrate indeed the lives of Simeon and Anna. Let us learn from them how they trained their own eyes so that they could see the Master's work. How, how their ears were trained so that they could hear the Master's voice. Their hands were trained, ready to do the Master's will. And when God acted they were ready to sing. May we be ready to sing when God acts in, through, and around us. Amen.